and welcome to Annie's Pink Chair. We're weaving real, raw, relevant issues from a woman's perspective with wit and wisdom. Today is a very special day because I have on a very wonderful and amazing woman of God. She is a survivor, thriver. You're going to want to get to know this woman. Her name is Tina Dixon, and her story is absolutely, in a lot of ways, unbelievable, but it's absolutely fantastic what God has done in her life. Her story is about discovering and unveiling beauty. You guys, wait till you hear this. Tina, I'm so excited that you're here today. Welcome to Annie's Pink Chair. I should say uh, Pink Chair because I'm sitting in the chair and one day when you get to Las Vegas, obviously you're gonna be able to sit in the velvet pink chair that I'm in right now. I can't wait. I know, because you're, you're all it's the way. So good to see you. you too. You're all the way from. You're in Louisiana right now. Right, about forty miles outside of New Orleans, out in the country. And is that where nice you were born? Easy. Yes, actually, I, I I returned home to where I was born. Um, you know, I started. My daughter started having them grandbabies, and Las Vegas was too far away. I, I know. I know. I remember when she was having them. You were so excited. So let's just go right into what we were talking about. I just told everybody a little bit about you, calling you a woman of God and a survivor thriver. I don't even remember okay. how long I've known you. I met you at a, can I say it, porn convention? Yes. Met you at a porn yes. convention in 2000, I don't know what year it was. You can, you can well, fill actually, in those blanks. I, well, actually, we talked before when you were on MySpace. That was the first time yeah, we talked. You, you're going and way then, far back now, like far back. Way, way far back, <laughs> way far back. And, um, but yeah, in 2000, and actually we reconnected in 2010 at the porn convention. And I wonder if I was and, with, I was with Pastor Ron Vietti or not. Was I with their team? You were, yes, you were with VBF, yes. And, and they called it popcorn porn. I know that sounds really crazy. <laughs> <laughs> but they, they were giving away free popcorn and offering prayer. It was so awesome, the booth that they had and giving away Bibles. And people were like, what are you guys doing here? It's like, um, we're here because this is exactly where Jesus would be. Hi. Hi. <laughs> are you guys in losing it? <laughs> in the midst. Yeah, in the midst of the heaviness of the sex industry. So can you kind of share about what brought you into the sex industry? Um, yeah, Sure. You know, um, I grew up in a very um, crazy, dysfunctional home. My father was in an outlaw motorcycle club. My mother was a psychic. We had strange people coming in and out of our house. Um, uh, my father would leave me with one of his biker buddies. And, um, you know, uh, there was some molestation and just a really hard childhood. Wow. And when I was about... 11 years old, I started running away from home and acting out. Um, and when I was about 14, I ran in, away from home to Bourbon Street. Wow. And when I was in Bourbon Street, I met a guy that was in what they call down here the Dixie Mafia. I walked, I'll never forget that day. I walked into the club, this club in New Orleans called Funky Butts. What was it called? And it's called Funky, F-U-N-K-Y, Funky Butts. Funky Butts. Okay. Yeah. Does that mean it's like a dance club or? 
it was just like a bar, just a regular like French Quarter bar. Mm-hmm. Um, and there were these two guys sitting at a table, and they had suits on, they had brims, and there was a pistol sitting on the table. And I immediately was enthralled. You know, you know how we are when we're at that age, and we just think that it's all about the glamour and the glitz and um, and what ended up happening is that we went on a three-day journey of doing drugs and partying and playing cards in back rooms of all these beer joints along out in the swamps of Louisiana. I want you to say how old you were again. 14. You were 14. Okay. Did did you have a fake ID at all or did you just get in there because you, you looked cute? No, I didn't. I, I was a little bit um, endowed for my age. So you looked like you were 20, possibly? Yeah, I did. I looked older. Wow. Yeah. Just a baby girl going into a club. And, and, yeah, and yeah, you, and definitely. You, you said you never forgot that day. Tell me why you could never forget that day. That day that day was the day that my life changed. You know, at, at the end of this journey, we pulled up to this... Um, conglomerate basically of mobile homes that were attached together actually in the shape of a cross it's ironic today when I think about that Um, it was a place called the spot and what that was was a locked brothel and so your trafficker would drop you off there and he would come get you in 10 days what, 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 was this in the like woods? Would you have to go down a special road to re, to go to oh, this place? Oh, it was like in the middle of the rice fields. Okay, and and could everybody see that from the road, or did they have to drive into the road? They had to drive into it. It had to be. It was it was secretive. Right. Okay. It was, it, but it was in the late seventies. Okay. You know, of course. So things were things were a lot different then. Um, and in there, I, I was. 14 years old, like seeing 10, 12 men a day. It was very, um, you said they drop you off for 10 days. Then your mm-hmm. trafficker comes and gets you after the 10 days. Is that what happened to you? Right. He would come and get me and he would get my money and then he would take me, you know, shopping or what, you know, the romance part. Right for a couple of days and then he would bring you either back to that spot or to another spot on the circuit because they were these little places, these little lockup, they we call them lockups. Um, actually, what what we would say is they'd say, come on, we're going to the country. And they would take you to the country and it would be one of these brothels that was in the swamps of Louisiana. Let, let's, let's talk about what goes on at the brothel? Because a lot of people don't understand that prostitution is illegal, except for in right. Nevada, and that's only in a few counties that it's legal. But a brothel is a place where a man or a woman will come and purchase sex, and oftentimes, like you, there's underage women there and underage people there that are working, that are under 18, that are being basically sex trafficked. Not just because uh, of their I wasn't age. The only, I wasn't the only teenager there. Right. There were three of three, there were three of us actually. Wow. Wow. And so when that first, I, I want to ask you about that initial experience, Tina, of being locked in there. I know you had shared this part of your story with me before, that you were chained to a bed or tied um, to a bed yeah. or something, right? Handcuffed. Well, 
Yeah, the situation that happened was that when I realized that I couldn't leave, I threw a fit. I, I've never been a quiet person, and I've always had this big, <laughs> loud personality. And like, oh, no, this is not happening. I'm leaving. Not that that's funny, and but... <laughs> the guy said, no, you're not leaving, and they locked me in this room. And I started, like, trying to tear up the room. And what wow. used to generally happens is when you act out, mm -hmm. they call your, your pimp to come in and he'll correct you and he'll like basically beat you in front of all the other women. Just to make um, a point, just to make a so point. And so they were waiting for him to come, he couldn't come. And so they changed me basically to the bed and started sending customers in. Wow. Yeah. What, what, is that hard for you to remember? Um. You know, it used to be really hard for me to remember, but, um, you know, thank you, Jesus. I I have really worked on my trauma. I did a lot of EMDR, mm -hmm. and um, those tra that was one of my trauma points, actually. And um, that's been dissipated. You know, I still get a little feeling, but of course. Um, trauma therapy has really helped me a lot. That's so amazing. Okay, so let's move forward really fast. Not that we don't know about getting fast, right? Because we're like, let's cut to the chase. I want to know, and I think everyone else does, you, you know, how did you end up in Las Vegas or how did you end up in different parts of the country as you got older when you were being trafficked? Um, after that experience, I, I left that, I ran away from that man finally when I was 17 years old. Um, and I, I actually got married and had two children and I had not healed from any of that trauma. I was very, very broken. And I ended up leaving my husband. And I got involved in, in street game. And I got introduced to the game and to a pimp in Dallas, Texas. Okay. Um, and I also got introduced to crack cocaine. Um, crack cocaine took me down a very, very dark path for a lot of years. Um, and I went from state to state. I would like, I would burn out in one area or my, you know, I'd have a pimp and he'd be looking for me. So then I'd go to another area mm -hmm. and I'd start over again. My idea of controlling my drug addiction was a gorilla pimp. That if I got a mean enough guy, then he could stop me from doing the amount of drugs that I was doing. So you were looking for, even though it was a twisted view, like a father figure, Absolutely, yes. Like like most girls do. They they want that father figure. And it didn't matter if it was abusive or not, right? I remember us talking about this when we were at the Destiny House that you were saying, you know, I I'm you know, I'm struggling because I'm I'm attracted to to men that are abusive. it's you know, it's part of your trauma, like you're trying to reconcile in your brain what's happened to you from being a little girl, right? Right. That was, that was a struggle for a long time. And it got, it got to a really, really dark place. Right. Even, even in recovery, um, sure. even as I was recovering, it was probably one of the last things I suffered from a sex addiction. Um, I could not let go for me, you know, a lot of people that are molested, they turn inward sexually. Yes, that's true. I turned outward sexually. Mm -hmm. And that addiction 
and my addiction to, to men that were abusive really almost killed me. Wow. Um, and, and there were some situations and, and I ended up in Las Vegas. Um, I had, I had pretty much burnt out every place. I, I went to Las Vegas with a pimp that I met in California. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was the first time I went to Las Vegas. Um, and initially I, I really just kind of bottomed out. Um, I went back home to Louisiana and I decided I needed to come back to California because Louisiana wasn't going to do right for me. And on the way there, I got shot, um, which was basically the end of my story of being out in the streets and in drug addiction because I was totally incapacitated. Wow. But when I tell my story, I, I, I like to share and I want people to know that wasn't a bad thing. That was the only way that God could get my attention. <laughs> and unfortunately, that's what he does to us. I mean, I, I can totally relate to that. Like being at the prefaces of death by a cliff and just deciding, am I going to allow this to take me down and to, to take my soul and die? Or am I going to quit doing this so I can live my life and, and try to try to be successful and try to just get over this, these bad feelings. And, and I know you talked about your, your cocaine addiction. I mean, that's just our way of stuffing our feelings and disassociating. If we can just get high, it's a form of disassociation. We can just forget everything, forget all the pain, forget all the things and all the problems and and the things that we wanted, our emptiness of our heart and our darkness. So uh, how, how did you, you know, you got to Vegas, you said, and you know, what brought you to your knees? I mean, you said you got shot, but what brought you to your knees to really grasp the freedom? And let's talk about it. The beauty, the unveiling of the beauty and the discovery of beauty within you that God showed you. You know, um, I ended up, I had a habit of like blowing up my life. I, I was very good in, in comp- I had a lot of computer skills. My pimp had sent me to school to learn how to do websites. So because he wanted me to put his girls on online. And so I could quickly come up. So and make you a madam too. It's like, thanks. Now <laughs> I'm getting, madam too, you know? now and I'm aiding and abetting trafficking. Thanks. <laughs> I had to deal with that fact right. that I was a trafficker too, because I put, I put these ladies on the internet. Well, I turned out um, a bunch of ladies, so I can re- relate to that. I turned out a bunch of ladies for my pimp, so I get it. Yeah, yeah. that's what, what we have to do that or, mm-hmm. or, or we're going to get beat. Yeah. Um, but what happened was I had gone back to Louisiana. Once again, I had blew everything up. I had I had went to Louisiana with a $70,000 a year job and a, a U-Haul full of stuff. And I, was, I got into a new house and I met a man. And, and that man took me down that path of cocaine addiction one more time. And I decided I needed to get away from him. So I went to Las Vegas. I have my two oldest children were there. So that was the place that I transitioned to. And um, it was shortly after that, I got there in January. I relapsed one more time in the sober living house that I was there and I called Annie and I said, Andy, I'm not, I can't go through this no more. I cannot keep going through this. I, I remember so I that. to the Destiny House. Yeah, I remember that. 
and, and we had just acquired a brand new property because our other house shut down in Henderson and uh, you said I, I need to come in your program and I said okay I, I felt really good about it and I, I, I thought you were already such a blessing in my life and that I knew that you and I had established a relationship and I but I could see Tina and I can see it today just in you every single day that you live you get better and you get wiser and you're a mama bear and you were actually do you remember this we were trying to you were trying to help one of your roommates in that sober living home which by the way that person we won't say her name has been reaching out to us over the past oh. year more than I've ever seen her reach out before she's getting close she's getting close but oh, it's gonna, it just makes my heart like you, I want to cry right now I know you were um, trying to rescue her and we were like you know and uh, she's very and, precious. I, and I've always had a heart for other women mm -hmm. even even in the game even like trying with my wife in laws like trying to protect them taking beatings for them like yeah i have just always had that kind of heart for for, for women right and um when i went into the destiny house i finally got an opportunity to discover how much jesus loved me it wasn't I, I walked around with so much shame and guilt because I had lived, a, I was 50 years old when I went to the Destiny House. I had lived a life of 50 years of chronic relapse, trafficking, abuse, just a torment, a tormented life. Dude, I, I just remember you coming in, you were on a bunch of meds, you got off your meds, and God did such a a miraculous work in you and I remember you packing your bags Tina a couple times because you were mad about a situation in the house because it happens I mean it's women right it's a bunch of different women right, living together right. but and then you were mad at one of the house managers and we, we don't need to say that person's name but you were like I'm <laughs> leaving <laughs> and I was like okay and I didn't get upset or anything but in my heart my heart was sinking inside because I didn't want you to go but I didn't want to force you to, to make that choice, like you needed to make it yourself. And then I remember you sitting down at the table, you're like, oh, I'm just gonna stay. And I'm just like, oh, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> but Jesus. one of the things thank I you, I know, yes. one of the things I remember the most was you telling me, you know, Annie, I have tried so many programs and um, this is the 18th one. A am I right about that number? Yeah, it was 18. It, it, Destiny House was number 18. And um, I think we were talking earlier on the show that it was, it was that time we were always Easter time and we were all watching Passion of the Christ. Yes. Um, and so, and I had, we were just torn up after watching the, how the torture that our Savior went through. And, and I still was walking around in so much shame and guilt. Yeah. And I remember you looking at me and saying, I know how much you love Jesus. And you just saw what he went through, the torture he went through, so that you did not have to live in shame and guilt. And then you kind of flipped your head back and you said, how are you gonna disown Jesus like that girl? <laughs> and that statement right there really was a turning point for me. Not so, I'm, and, <laughs> I'm getting emotional. I'm, I'm kind of emotional too because I remember that time it was it was like the most um, I didn't want to stay during that time I re I got a settlement 
Right. And I got like $10,000. You kept getting money. I remember that. I was like, oh boy, is she going to leave? She's got money now. Oh my gosh. You know? I know, but like, you know what? Destiny House was the best thing that ever happened to me. Oh my gosh. Thank you. And and I've, I've never... You know, as a 50-year-old woman that had been chronically addicted and, and, and abused and tortured and just the things that I went through in my life and the things I put myself to through, too, you know, I, I have to take today when I look at my past, I am not a victim. That's right. Come on, girl. I am a survivor. I am a survivor. And I survivor have to take thriver. responsibility for the things that put me in some of those positions, yes. too. Yes. Even, even if trauma helped you make that decision, we, we have a right to say no to trauma and no to more bad decisions. We have a right to, not, not to necessarily shut it down, but uh, to, to, to feel those feelings and process them and then say, okay, trauma, I'm done with that certain memory. So now when you come back up, I know how to handle you. you might, I might get triggered again, but I can stop the severity of that trigger. And that's how we heal. And of course, let's just keep it real, Tina. What is the real, like I have to brag, this super real, most awesome trauma-informed care is the love of Jesus. <laughs> like that, that is it. It is, it has calmed me down and the love and the presence of the Holy Spirit. Like I could say, you know, going to a counselor is really, really good and trauma counseling is, and, and I don't discourage anyone from stopping if you're doing that right now. But ultimately, our decision to, to allow Jesus uh, into our hearts to, to fully encompass our, our brokenness is the, the biggest answer and I think the best answer. And everything uh, else, absolutely. It, trauma therapy is part of his healing. Trauma, it, people helping you is the body of Christ. People reaching out, even people that don't even believe what we believe that are helping you, they're part of that whole program for you to get better. And I just, you know, our time's coming to an end, but I want people to know what you're doing now because you have your own business, girl, and you, I do. Um, you have been thriving I, I, for been, a while. <laughs> number one, I've been clean and sober since March 2015. Um, I have, um, and I just recently opened up um, Ring Lab Media, which is a um, lead generation agency we manage lead generation campaigns on Facebook and Google, and we sell those leads to major insurers like um, eHealth and um, Progressive, Geico. I create leads, you know, and I, I help facilitate the sale of those leads. Yeah, and you're really good at that because you've been doing leads for real estate for a long time, and obviously when you were doing escort servicing and anything, but you know how to get yeah. the leads, girl. So I'm gonna have to talk to you later. So what's that website that you want them to go to? Um, our, my website is ringlabmedia.com. Okay. And then how do they get a hold of you, like, on social media, too? Um, my Facebook is tina.dixon1. Okay. Um, and I am kind of on Instagram. But those, I think it's LA Designs on Instagram. It's L-A-D-E-S-I-G-N-Z on Instagram. Oh. Um, basically what, what, where I'm at right now is I'm working very closely with my church, Purpose Church, to be able to open up a transitional home for women. Wow. And, you know, that's my dream. 
I want to spend my retirement loving on women. And so hopefully this year we'll see that come to fruition. Yeah. I'll be praying for you about that, Tina. And you know what? You can always give me, you can always give me a call and ask me anything you need to, and uh, I'll help you. And I'm just so happy that you came on here today. And I'm so honored to know you as a friend and, and a colleague. I want to say colleague because you've sent so many girls to our house and referrals. And, and just you've just been a wonderful um, person in our lives. And, and we're going to always have you in our lives. And you're going to always be one of our Destiny House girls. Like the I'll original from that Destiny original. For life. I know, DH for life. DH we always for life. DH for life. <laughs> But I love you, girl, and I love you, too. you know, I, I just can't wait. You're, you're going to come back on for sure. And this time in the studio in Las Vegas, right? Absolutely. When I finish my book, I'm working on a book called Going to the Country. Yes. Okay. And when I finish my book, I'll definitely, it's, it's on the fast track right now. So. Okay. So anyone that wants to get a hold of Tina, you see on the bottom of the screen how to get a hold of her. Tina, again, thank you so much. And we'll thank see you. you soon, honey. I love you. Mm, I love you Bye. too. Hi, my friends. Today on Picture, we talked about unveiling and discovering beauty in my amazing colleague and survivor thriver friend, Tina Dixon. Her story for many of you was probably really hard to hear about being sexually molested as a little girl and then at 11 years old, running away into the streets and working at a nightclub where she met her traffickers when she was 14 years old. 14's very young. That is underage sex trafficking. And just like me, I was a teenager when I ran away and I wrote a book called Fallen Out of the Sex Industry and Into the Arms of the Savior. And Tina's writing a book too right now, so I want you to get connected to her on social media and her book's going to be called Country Girl. So for mine, I wrote this because I knew I needed to write the story about what happened to me and how a normal American girl from Minnesota could just simply lose her way by not believing that her father loved her, not believing that God loved her, that walking in shame was my main objective and guilt and fear. And to cover that all up, I became very sexualized and eventually promiscuous, and then eventually I was sex trafficked as a teenager in Minnesota, Hawaii, and Las Vegas. And this story is an unveiling of the truth of the sex industry. And being a high-class call girl in Vegas, it is not all glitz and glamour like everyone else believes it is. It is abusive, it's life-threatening, and you know what? It almost took my entire life down a very bad road. So go to hookersforjesus.net and order fallen out of the sex industry. Thank you. Hi friends, it's Annie Lobert from Annie's Pink Chair and I am actually on location at our nonprofit ministry called The Destiny House. And do you feel and see the presence that's going on here, the peace, the calmness, the comfort, the beautiful grass, the trees. This is what each woman comes to when she enters our Destiny House program for sex trafficking victims. Would you please consider partnering with us monthly or just send us a one-time donation? Just go to our website at hookersforjesus.net 
and click on donate. And listen, your donation goes to a good cause and it's tax deductible. Thank you so much.